0: Hey guys, it's Ginny and Emma Pola, and welcome back to Happy and Healthy. Thank you so much for clicking on today's episode. I'm really excited about today's episode just because this is going to be more of a chiller one, more of a get-to-know-me one, and just kind of like an open conversation. So maybe you're new to my podcast, or maybe you don't really know fully who I am, or maybe you stumbled across my podcast just like from Spotify or iTunes. And so I wanted to give you guys a chance just to kind of get to know me a little bit more. I'm going to be answering a bunch of your questions regarding dating, my faith, sex, drinking, I mean, all sorts of things in today's podcast. So I did pull you guys from my Instagram, which is Janine Amapola. So go check that out. The link will also be in the description of this podcast if you want to go follow me. But you guys asked some great questions. And I hope you guys enjoy this podcast episode just where you get to know me a little bit better. So grab a cup of coffee, grab a snack, and hopefully just sit down and chit-chat with me. I also did want to remind you guys really quickly that I do upload every single Tuesday. So you can always expect an episode from me every single Tuesday. And I have some really, really awesome guests coming up soon with some amazing topics. So stay tuned for that. So hope you guys enjoy today's episode and get to know me a little bit better, and let's just get right into it. Okay, we are going to get right into today's juicy topic. So Sarah asked me, do you find it hard to wait till marriage? So if you guys aren't familiar with who I am or kind of my story, um, I definitely do plan on doing a testimony video at some point, um, but there's just so many things that God redeemed me from, but I... Did not wait till marriage. Um, I really wish I did. That was part of my testimony. Um, growing up, I always was like, I'm going to wait till marriage. And I just always had that intention. Now, it didn't happen, unfortunately. However, that's just a whole nother story. But God so redeemed me. And it is part of my testimony where now I totally just understand girls that, you know, have had sex and that aren't virgins anymore. Like, I'm so able to see from both sides of the spectrum now of, Wanting to wait, not waiting, and then now waiting again. So I've been, I guess you could say celibate. I've been celibate for a really, really long time, which basically means I'm waiting till marriage, I'm not having sex. So um, yeah, I've been waiting for a while now, and I mean like years. (laughs) And to be honest, I don't really think about it that much. I don't dwell on it. I don't think about it every day. It's not something that I get really bogged down on. Obviously, yeah, like I'm excited to have that again with my husband in the future, but it is not something I just sit there and I'm like, man... I need sex (laughs) like I really don't um so yeah I don't I honestly don't find it that hard however don't get me wrong I'm excited because you know sex is a gift from God and I just think that's something that's meant to be um embraced and cherished because it was you know something from God so I don't find it hard I don't dwell on it but obviously I'm excited for it again down the road so there's my answer to that one Next question is, do you ever regret breaking up with your boyfriend? (laughs) Oh, man, we're going to get so into this, aren't we? Um, Okay, so, yeah, again, if you guys don't know this, um, I was in a relationship last year, and I really thought I was going to marry this person. I wholeheartedly believe, like, he was the one, and he did too. However, I got other plans. Um, We did split last July, and it's been, honestly, over a year. Now, things definitely got messy in between because... Um, you know, we were still trying to figure things out in between and we still loved each other and cared about each other and all of this stuff. And as time went on, it just became very evident that God clearly was just pulling this away for a reason. Um, we both did not want to break up, but some external factors caused us to. Um, so it was a really, really hard breakup. Like honestly, my heart was crushed and I was really, really sad for a while. Um, and I had to go through a lot, a lot of healing, um and I don't hate him. I have nothing against him. I still think very highly of him. However, I think now looking back, you know, hindsight is so 2020. Um I'm able to be like, "Okay, God clearly had different plans and that was just not the person that God had for me." Um and like in the moment, you're just you just cannot see that. You cannot. So like maybe you're going through a breakup and you're just like this is like all I can think of and this is the person for me and like why would God take this from me? But you get down the road and like I like I said, I've been, it's been over a year and I'm able to be like, oh, now I see why God didn't want that for me. Like, whoa. And so, no, I don't think I regret it. I don't regret the relationship literally at all. I learned so much from it. He grew me so much. I'm actually very, very thankful for the relationship. As painful as it was, as painful as it grew me, as hard as it was, I'm really thankful that it shaped me and pruned me. And I know God used him in my life for a reason. So no, I don't regret it. Yeah, I'm still a little bummed about it and I still wish him the best, but I just know that God has other plans and I just trust that. Oh my gosh. I'm getting some weird questions. Someone said, you're selling faith for money. It seems like you are. I honestly don't even know what that means, truly. Like, I don't really get that. That doesn't make sense to me because I don't make money off my Abide Tribe, which is my Christian organization. I don't make money off the Bible studies. I don't make money off these podcasts like I don't at all like I literally do that because I love it so much and I want people to know God and I want their lives to be changed because God changed my life so that doesn't really make sense to me because I do those Bible studies every single Wednesday with my bi tribe which is my Facebook page you guys can join that if you're a girl and I don't make any money off of that so don't really understand that. Okay, I've been getting a lot of questions about, like, modesty and tattoos as a Christian and piercing their ears and, I mean, all these things, like, coloring your hair as a Christian, does the, like, the Bible prohibit remarrying, like, all this stuff. Um, And I think I want to make a whole other podcast about this because I would say this is more of, like, a legalistic perspective from Christianity, and that's all part of, like, an old covenant that does not stand any longer, that was meant for those people at that time and that's part of the old covenant in the bible about like all these laws um that couldn't really ever be fulfilled and i mean honestly i think i want to do an, an, an entire podcast on this talking about tattoos and clothing and hair and all that stuff and piercings because i do believe it's part of the old covenant now personally i don't really have i don't have any tattoos i don't plan on getting any i only have my ears pierced i do color my hair because i don't think that god prohibits that Um, And I think that can be a really legalistic thing. So I would say get a tattoo, get your hair colored, get a piercing, but just make sure you always have the right intentions. Um, I'd say that for anything. Always have the right intentions for anything that you're doing. And just make sure that your heart's in the right place and, like, just asking God, like, God, why am I really, really doing this? Um, But otherwise, I'm like, yeah, go for it. But if I were ever to get a tattoo, like, I would want it to be something that's actually, like, meaningful, you know, not just, like this random logo like it would have to be actually like meaningful for me and then yeah I I color my hair and I don't personally see anything wrong with that so I'll do another episode on that because that's a really great thing to talk about well someone asked me and I'm so honored her name is Sarah she said have you ever thought about being a mentor um no but that would be really fun I mean I don't know if I have the credentials to do that I don't know if I have enough wisdom but I mean that'd be really cool if I guess like I am a mentor to the girls in the abide tribe in my weekly Bible studies, but I don't know if I could ever like actually slap the label as like, I'm a mentor. Cause I feel like you kind of need credential credentials for that, but thank you. But I don't know if I've ever thought about that, but maybe down the road, that's an area where God will have me move. So we'll see. Um, the next question is from Victoria and she asked me, how can we fight our temptations? I would say multiple ways. I mean, um, first and foremost, I would say address what it is. What is your temptation? Is it for you, lust? Is it for you um, to be obsessed with your body? Is it guys? Is it binge eating? I mean, whatever it is for you, I say always bring it to the light. Um, What we keep in the darkness cannot be healed. We're only as free as our secrets. And the power of sin is in secrecy. And so if we keep things in the darkness they're never going to be healed and that's exactly where Satan wants you to be is in the darkness he doesn't want you to tell people so I would say first and foremost confess confess it to people you don't want to confess it to but that is how I think we fight temptations accountability with our friends and peers and other people in our lives mentors counselors whoever I think that is so so important I was struggling with something back in um, April and I confessed it to three people and I was like please help me with this and by me doing that, I did feel more set free. And in the Bible, James five sixteen says, "Therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, because the prayer, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective." I'm I think that's exactly what it says. i that's just off the top of my head. So confessing your sins to one another is so so important. And I just think, you know, dwelling with the Lord daily, taking up your cross daily. Um, being honest with yourself with these struggles and removing yourself from se- from temptations. Like if you're a guy and you struggle with porn, then like, you know, there's this app called Covenant Eyes. Like download the app. Be honest with people. Say, hey, I looked at porn today. Um, and just try to remove the areas that tempt you. If you and your boyfriend keep hooking up or you guys keep having sex because you were lying down watching a movie together, then don't lie down together. Don't watch a movie together. Don't hang out past 10 o'clock. And I know that can sound legalistic, but like, we have to be, be we have to be careful what stumbling blocks we're putting in front of ourselves and others if we really truly want to be set free. Again, I really do think that's a whole other podcast episode. And um, there's this episode or this podcast called Becoming Something. I think they have an episode called like Overcoming Shame or something. Definitely check that out because that one's a very clear, direct podcast all about how to fight our temptations. I'll have that link down below. So yeah. That would be my answer to that, but obviously there's more context for that one for sure. Okay, Daisy asked me two questions that I think are actually very crucial. So she first asked me, are you friends with people who have different political views or don't believe in Jesus? And how do you maintain friendships with non-believers? She just became a Christian in April. Girl, welcome, welcome. Um, So first and foremost, yes, I am friends with a wide array of people. And so yes, I would say I, I completely am a person that is friends and is kind and loving to people with different political beliefs and viewpoints as me, whether that's faith or politics or whatever. I think that's extremely important, especially in today's culture with cancel culture. It's so toxic and so just. I don't think there's any accountability in, in helping people grow. Um, you can't, you know, you can't just cancel someone because of their past because you're not allowing them to grow and to learn from it. Um, and so. I think, yes, you have to be able to have open conversation and be kind to people, hear them out. As hard as it is, and still pray for people. I mean, the Bible constantly talks about, like, loving your enemies, um, loving people before yourself or as yourself. And so I think that's the call of a Christian is to be kind and loving to people, whether, whether they are Democratic or Republican. Like, it really doesn't matter, honestly. Like, I just think that's a vital thing as being an adult and being mature, as being able to have open conversation and hear people out and being able to just have like a good, healthy conversation where you're not yelling at each other, you're not belittling each other, and asking someone, hey, why is it that you believe that? Instead of just being like, I can't believe you would ever think that and believe that. You like that post, you're the worst human being ever. Like, it's so freaking toxic, truly. And there's always more to the story than meets the eye. And everyone forms their ideologies and beliefs from something in their past, from their family, something that happened to them, whatever it may be. I just think it's really important to hear people out and not look at them differently and not judge them or condemn them because of their beliefs. Because I just really think that's super, super toxic. And just not beneficial and that doesn't really do anything so um and how do I maintain friendships with non-believers I mean those aren't really the people that I spend majority of my time with they're also not the people I necessarily go to for advice however yeah if I'm gonna have a bonfire if I'm gonna go on a hike if I'm gonna go to the beach like of course like I have plenty of non-believing friends like I hang out with them on the weekends or whatever But they're not going to be the people that I go to when I am, like, needing major, major life advice. You know what I mean? So you can still be cordial, nice, be kind, love them, be kind to them, show them grace, show them God's love. But that doesn't mean you have to be like, you're not a Christian, so I'm not hanging out with you. You know what I mean? Someone asked me, am I dating again? And yes, I have been on dates, but... I don't know. If you listen to my importance of singleness podcast, um, I definitely still feel like I'm a little nervous to date. And I was talking to my mentor about this because I was having this like full-on conversation with her. And I was like, Casey, her name's Casey. I was like, Casey, I just love being single like a little too much. And she's like, No, you don't. No, you freaking don't. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you don't know me like that. Like I started kind of getting defensive, which sounds stupid, but I mean not really, but I was like, what do you mean? And she goes, You just haven't met the right person. She's like, you will give up your singleness and you will give up your time and you'll sacrifice that time when you meet the right person. I was like, dang, that is absolutely like so, so true. So maybe I just haven't found the person that I've just been like, yes, this is a person worth stopping what I'm doing, being content in my singleness. You know what I mean? Like if I find the right person that comes along that I feel like, okay, wow, this is really someone that I'm willing to sacrifice my time for. Um, then, yeah, like, I would give up my singleness. But I don't think I've found that yet, which is fine with me. Like, I'm fine being single, and so I'm content with that. But when I do find someone that I do believe is, like, really who God has for me, then that's when I'll know. I'll be like, okay, yeah, like, singleness season, goodbye, you're over. See you, never. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. I'm really hoping the next person I date is the person I marry. That would be really ideal. But, you know, all in God's timing. This is a great question. So someone asked me, how did you come up with the name Happy and Healthy?, yeah, honestly the reason why I came up with it was because um, I kept saying that to people and I mean I just really feel like whenever I would like make a fitness video or a dating video or whatever on my YouTube channel, I kept being like, I just want you guys to be happy and healthy. And like that's what I want in my life. Like I wanna be happy and healthy in every area of my life, spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally. And so when I thought about the name, I was like, that is what I want for everyone else. Like I, whenever I make a video, like I always want someone to take away something from that video or the podcast that leaves them more happy and healthy. And so overall, I was like, I just want people to be happy and healthy, like in literally everything. And when we were going through names, like we thought of so many different names for my podcast, like Coffee with Jay and Conversations with Jay. I don't know. We thought of a bunch of different weird names. Um, but Happy and Healthy just kept sticking and it just kept working and I was like, I, I think this is the name y'all. And even though my team kind of challenged me a little bit, they're like, are you sure you want that name? I was like, yeah, like I really do. It stuck with me. And so I just love it because that is my goal with everything I do. I just want people to be happy and healthy in every aspect of life. And if I can just be a little bit more of a light to someone's life, then that is my goal. I would love to do that. So that is how I came up with the name. How do you maintain healthy friendships with a guy? So, I have a lot of guy friends now, which I didn't have when I first moved to California, but I do now. I think there just has to be healthy boundaries. I mean, they can't be the person you're constantly running to for everything, for all your advice. I mean, I wouldn't get too touchy with them, hang out with them in certain, you know, limits and not one-on-one too much, Um, and mainly rely on your girlfriends for, you know, other advice, dating advice, you know, self-esteem advice or godly advice. I have some awesome awesome guy friends but they're not like people that I'm literally going to text every single day and go to for all my needs because that would just be kind of crossing a boundary so I think just having healthy boundaries with your guy friends is really important but just being careful that usually someone's going to like someone um, I don't know if guys and girls can actually be best friends I hope I have so many debates on this with people and I'm planning on bringing my friend Kaden on my podcast soon because he's one of my good guy friends so we'll talk more about this there. But I think, yeah, just having, like, a healthy boundary and not thinking, like, that's going to be the person for every single need you have. So that would be my thoughts on that. Um, The next one says, how many times do you work out? So I try to work out Monday through Friday, sometimes Saturdays. On Saturdays and Sundays, I'm usually surfing in the morning anyway. Um, But if not, I'm either going for a walk or playing volleyball at the beach or whatever. So I tried to work out Monday through Friday, sorry, Monday through Friday, Um, but I'm totally going to be bluntly honest. Like there's definitely days where I just cannot get around to it or I'm extremely unmotivated. Like yesterday was Monday and I was like, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to work out and I'm going to have this harder workout. Honestly, I ended up going going on like a 45 minute walk instead because um, I just like didn't really feel motivated. So I was like, I'm just going to go on a walk instead. And so just be gracious with your body and realize like it's okay to do that. Um, but yeah, I do try to work out Monday through Friday and mix up my workouts between HIIT and like strength training, walking, biking, surfing, but a lot of just like strength training with like weights and bands and everything of that sort. So yeah. The next question is, when are you moving back to Texas? So I'm actually going to be heading home soon to go house hunting. I know, little announcement. But um, that doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to be fully moving back yet. I'm just definitely looking to purchase while the market is good, have a place that's my own when I do go home, and then eventually I will head back there. I just don't know when. I really don't feel like God is done with me in California yet, and I absolutely love, love living here, and I just have the most amazing community here. But I'm definitely looking to possibly purchase a house and just kind of scope that out. But whenever God is like, hey, get out of California, go home, then I have to obey, and I will, but as of right now, I just don't know. Okay, the next question is: Is it okay to date a lukewarm Christian? So, in the Bible, it says that everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Now, I don't exactly remember what verse that was. I might be in Corinthians. I don't honestly, I don't know. I'm so sorry, but that is in the Bible. Um, so, however, it's okay for you to date a lukewarm, lukewarm Christian if you want, but that doesn't mean that's does that mean that's the most beneficial thing? Probably not. Personally, for me, I have significantly increased my standards as far as what I'm looking for in a person, and I will not date a lukewarm Christian. Like I will know whether I see the fruit, the fruits of God in you, the spirit of God in you, very, very quickly, and that's why I am probably still single is because my standards are so high, in the sense of like I've met guys. Excuse me, I just had a burp. Sorry, I've met guys, gone on dates with guys, and um. You know, I just sensed in my spirit, I was like, this guy is not there. Like his faith, he says he's a Christian, but like in my discerning spirit, like I just know he's not there. And so I never went through with it and I look back now and I'm like, I made the right decision because I can still see that person to this day is not following Christ the way I would want a future husband to follow Christ. So I wouldn't say it's the most beneficial thing for you because you have to think about your future children. What type of man do you want to be raising your future kids? Do you want a lukewarm guy raising your future children? Then that's what you're going to get is probably lukewarm Christian children. And I don't personally want that. I want a man that is doing ministry with me, that is, you know, um, preaching the gospel, that anywhere we go, um, we're able to pray for people, heal people, whatever that looks like. Um, Someone that has the same mission uh, as me. Someone has the same mission as me to, you know, preach the good news to every single nation, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything that we do. And so, you know, for me, just you being a Christian is not enough. For me, I need to see how you live your life and the fruit of the Spirit in you and just that Holy Spirit in you that you seek Him, that you're obedient. So I wouldn't recommend it. I really, really wouldn't. Okay, this one's actually kind of an interesting one. So someone asked me, am I making more or less money from sponsors during the pandemic? So this was actually something I was really, really scared of. In the very beginning when the pandemic happened, I definitely did lose some brand deals because everyone was freaking out. Everyone was like, we need to save our money. Um, You know, I had a brand deal I was supposed to do with Target and like that fell through because of the pandemic. And like, there was just a couple things I was so unbelievably nervous about. I mean, I called my accountant, I called my financial advisor and I was like, what do I do? I'm freaking out. I called my lawyer. Like what? I literally had to call my entire team and I was like, y'all, I'm freaking out, but I started realizing, I'm like, if God is a good God, and if he is someone that is trustworthy, then I don't need to put my trust in my money, you know? And I I'm tr- I try to be really wise with my money, and I've saved enough to where... Sorry, there's an ambulance going by. Sorry, but I try to be wise with my money, and so I would be okay if I weren't to get brand deals again, but definitely for a while, I was like, oh my gosh, like there's no brand deals, I'm freaking out. But then in the long run, you guys people were more on their phones, people were watching more YouTube videos, people were online shopping more. And so it actually did kind of in some sense help influencers, help YouTubers, which was kind of cool in turn. But um, I definitely just tried to make content that provided people more peace and hope and joy in the midst of a pandemic. And that's kind of why the Abide Tribe and the Bible studies all came to fruition was because of that. So I actually am doing okay, thank you for asking. But in the beginning, for sure, I, lost some brand deals. I was freaking out, but then I was like, no, I don't need to put my trust in money. I put my trust in God. And that's where I got my peace again from. Someone asked me, what is my Enneagram? And I am a two wing three, which is the uh, helper and the achiever. Now I don't really put all my hope and trust in those things. I think they're kind of a cool guide and tool, but I don't put my entire faith on those things. So if you want to know my Enneagram, that's it, but I'm not like, And that's why I'm a this or that's why I'm a that. Like, I just don't really try to put all my value and all my personality and identity in my Enneagram. So I just be careful for that for you too as well. Oh, I love this next question. So someone asked me, did I ever go through a drinking phase? And again, like I said, I need to do a testimony video because this is definitely part of my testimony. Um, But let me just give you guys a little bit of a background. So I grew up in a Christian family And we did grow up with alcohol, like, around us. Like, not in the sense of, like, my parents were alcoholics, but, like, my dad would have a beer at dinner. My parents would drink wine. They would let us try it, all that stuff. So I grew up in a very healthy environment with alcohol. Never seen my parents drunk. They never abused it, but they always taught us, like, it's okay to have a glass or two to enjoy it. So all of high school and my freshman year of college, I really didn't care for it. I never saw the appeal. Just literally did not care for alcohol. Um, Then I transferred to UT my sophomore year, hook'em horns, (laughs) and when I went there, I went to this Halloween party, which was probably my first mistake, (laughs) and uh, this girl made me a margarita, which is probably to this day why I still love margaritas so much. I really do. They're like my favorite drink. This girl made me a margarita, and I literally was like, oh my gosh, like, what is this? Like, and it was so sugary that I was just like, oh my gosh, like, this tastes like freaking lemonade. And next thing I know, I got drunk. And that was my first time I ever got drunk was when I, I think, was 19 or 20 years old. And from there on out, it really piqued this curiosity in me that I had never seen before. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is like fun. And it was weird because, you know, I came from kind of like a sheltered environment or more of an environment where I just didn't really see the appeal. And then all of a sudden, I was thrown into this massive party school where like all the friends on my cheerleading team, they wanted to party all the time. And I just got involved with the wrong crowd to where we would party all the time. And it really was such an unfruitful lifestyle. I didn't like the, the person I was. I was so distant from God. I knew that I wasn't being obedient. And my sisters saw it because my sisters went to UT as well. And I was just partying every single weekend. It was just really not healthy. And um, my sisters at some point came to me. When, they, when I kind of had just been going a little too crazy and they were like, this has got to end. And I was like, oh my gosh. And it was kind of the wake-up call I needed because I wasn't living a fruitful life. Like, I just knew that I was a hypocrite and I was living a double life and I wasn't seeing my my relationship with the Lord grow at all. So there came a point where I finally made a decision and I was like, I've got to change my friends a little bit and i got to just find new things to do on the weekends. And again, this is just like a whole nother story, but um i'm just really thankful my sisters kind of were there to kind of call me out and be like this is not healthy this is not beneficial like you need to get your act together and so i joined a christian sorority my junior year of college and that was really really helpful that definitely changed my life um but i definitely still struggled with it a little bit and i just realized at some point in my life where i was like i am literally being you know a hypocritical double life christian And struggled with it for even a little bit after college, but God so changed my life the last two years, truly. Um, So I did go through it, and it was just such an unbeneficial, unfruitful life. And maybe I needed to go through it, I don't know, but I think if I had just used wisdom and used a sermon and I had just listened to my sisters, I probably could have avoided it. But at that time, I was so stubborn, and I was like, I want to do what I want to do, and it bit me in the butt. However, you know, I am thankful that I kind of went through it and learned my lessons and, you know, nothing bad ever happened. I mean, it was just like drinking with friends, but um, now I'm able to healthily drink where like I can go to the beach and have a margarita with my friends or a drink or whatever. But I never tried to abuse it. I never come from a place of like, let me use this to cope. Let me use this to numb or anything of that sort. It's more just like, you know, my friends are at the beach and we're like, hey, who wants a a cut water, or, hey, who wants a truly or whatever, it's just a lot more healthy and I do think that Christians are allowed to have a glass of wine, have a drink, whatever. Um, but as long as you're you again have the right intentions, you're not abusing or anything of that sort, you're not causing someone else to stumble, or you're not putting a stumbling block in front of yourself. Like if you know you can't even have one drink, then don't do it, you know? But I know I can have a drink or two and be totally fine. So it was never like I was a literal alcoholic, it was just I did go through a season in college. And now I think God has definitely helped me. So that's the answer to that. Okay, I'm just gonna answer a couple more questions. So the next question is from Kimber and she said, did your parents support you moving out on your own when you first did? And no, yes and no. My mom is Guatemalan and from her culture, it's like if it were up to her, I would still live at home like now. (laughs) So my sophomore year of college, I went to UT and that was even too far from her. She was like, no, like you cannot leave that far away, which it's a three hour drive from Dallas to Austin. So my mom didn't want me leaving, but my dad was the one that was like, no, go have your freedom, go do that, you need to experience things. And so my dad was the one that supported it. My mom wanted me to go to college, but she just preferred that I stay in Dallas. So that was a whole other story. But me moving to California was definitely a bigger leap of faith for them. Like, I wanted to move. I asked them. Like, I, you know, fully believe in, like, honoring your mom and your dad. And so I asked my parents, like, hey, what are your thoughts on me moving to California? When I had the opportunity to move. I asked them and just wanted their blessing and at first they were like so against it. They were like, heck no, like you are not moving to California. Like we need you near us and my parents still want me to move home. But they entrusted that God would take care of me and that um, like they would just put me in God's hands and my life has completely significantly changed. Like moving to California was one of the best things I did for myself. I'm so thankful for it and I'm just glad that my parents see that now because they see the fruit in my life. They see the difference. Yes, they still want me to move back, but in the beginning it was really, really scary. However, I just trusted God would take care of me, and he did. And so yeah, at first my parents did not support me, but now they do. But obviously they still would like me to move home. So eventually I definitely will. Okay, let's see, next question. Okay, someone asked me, what is your most frequent fitness goal setback? Oh my gosh, yes. Really always my goal is just to be toned and lean and to eat healthy to limit sugar, to kind of reduce caffeine intake, to not overindulge on food and just to kind of like watch how much I'm consuming. But when I am not like eating at home or when I'm not cooking for myself or if I'm eating out or if I'm not drinking enough water, that's when my whole body gets whacked out and I start overeating and indulging in like sugar and I start craving like all these sweets and stuff. And so I would definitely say, like, the food is the hardest part for me. Like, I love to work out. Like, that's easy, but it's hard for me to kind of sometimes, like, control my portions or even just control, like, if there's a bowl of candy sitting in front of me, oh, you bet your freaking bottom dollar that I'm going to be eating that food in front of me. So that's actually kind of why I got a nutritionist three years ago. So I've definitely made massive strides, and I'm a lot more healthier. But if I don't, you know, plan ahead or bring a healthy snack with me or cook dinner, like, I, my body just gets super whacked out. I gain and I lose really, really fast. So it's really easy for me to gain weight. So I just have to be really conscious of that and try to just eat whole grain, healthy things, vegetables, lots of water and all that stuff. So that's why I consistently am in communication with my nutritionist, just because if I'm like struggling for some reason, I text her and she helps me out. So I would say just like food overall is just kind of a hard thing for me. But I overall think I'm still doing pretty well. Okay, I'm going to answer this last question, and then we're going to end this. So someone asked me my biggest pet peeve, and this is actually something I just realized recently, is when someone, like, doesn't text you back when they're supposed to. Okay, like, let me explain this. Like, for example, a friend was like, hey, um, like, do you want to come over to my house? And I was like, yeah, I'd love to come over to your house. And we were, like, planning on it. And I texted her, and I'm like, hey, like, what's the deal? And I never heard from her. And I'm like, I freaking carved out my night for this. Like, what the heck? And so I think in examples of that, when someone doesn't text you back about like plans or something you were planning on doing, or you're like, hey, we're still meeting up tomorrow, or whatever that is. Like, I've just had this happen all the time because LA can be a very flaky city. That is the most annoying thing to me. Like, if I'm like, hey, like this actually happened to me two years ago. Like I can think of a prime example. A friend and I were supposed to go to Cycle. And 9 a.m. rolls around and I'm texting her. I'm like, hey, are you still coming? And I never heard from her. And I was like, what in the world? And so I go to the class by myself. She never shows up. I was really salty about it because I was like, we had planned this. You flaked on me, didn't even communicate with me. I just think that is just so uh, millennial (laughs) because millennials are very like flaky. And so that's just something I always try to be clear about. It's like even if I don't want to go or even if I don't like have the time, or say something happens. Like, just communicate. That's, like, my main thing is, like, just be honest and communicate with me. Don't just flake. Don't just not reply. And so I know that I can sometimes be bad at that, but I always at least try to get back to someone a couple days later or send a voice memo. But I think that's, like, probably one of my most, like, annoying pet peeves. So I don't know. That's one that I think our generation needs to be a little bit better at. And maybe I'm not the most perfect at it either, but I always try to at least communicate my feelings or just be like, hey, I'm sorry I can't come or I'm either not interested or something of that sort. So yeah. But that's the last question, you guys. Thank you so much for listening if you made it this far. I hope this was just fun for you guys just to sit down and chill with me and listen to a little bit more of my life and just my feedback on a couple things. things. Um, you guys asked the best questions. There's so many amazing questions i didn't even get to get to on here so i'm so sorry if i didn't get to your question but i will definitely do another one of these soon just because these are really fun for me and it's a good way for you guys to get to know me and for me to answer y'all's questions so if you want to join the next one um follow my my instagram that is uh, oh my gosh i can't speak that's my instagram janine amapola and then my podcast uh instagram is happy and healthy podcast so go check that out Love you guys so much. Of course, always leave me a rating on here. It helps me out a lot, like a little review and a rating. That means a lot to me. And I will see you guys next Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening, and remember to stay happy and healthy. Bye, guys.